The word multimedia is the use of a variety of artistic or communicative media using more than one medium of expression or communication. Café is a type of establishment that serves coffee and is known as a place where information can be exchanged. The following is the audio version of the Multimedia Café. And a happy Thursday, March 7th to you folks. How are you doing today? Welcome to the Multimedia Café. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you folks for pulling up a stool, joining the conversation here at the Multimedia Café, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Well... One thing about the Multimedia Cafe, we embrace technology here in all of its different forms, whether it's through Skype or Facebook, or maybe it's over the telephone, or maybe a cell phone, perhaps even that age-old art of face-to-face communication. We embrace it all here at the Multimedia Cafe. That's how we do our interviews, and so often our interviews are like a cafe. People seem to talk about what they know about, they speculate on other things, but generally, you know when someone is talking about what they know about and you know when they're speculating about what they speculate about rather than giving you a marching order from a party line that's one thing about the multimedia cafe we really are not a political program here sure we might talk a little politics and policy from time to time but we keep the sensationalism and the bombastic nature out of the programs well i tell you what let's take a look at what we have on tap today here at the multimedia cafe what we're going to lay out on the table the buffet of topics well broken century games the owner james may will be joining us discusses the rise of board games and role-playing games in today's economy you know that's one thing this whole rise of this new age of monopoly in life that's what i grew up with clue and sorry and those games well, now they've got games that are so advanced they make Risk, which was an advanced game in my childhood, seem like it's just child's play now. I mean, these games called Catan and Let Me Steal Your Apples and Turn Them Into Orange Sauce and things like that. It just gets out of hand. But And, and, and some of these games are not cheap either. I mean, 50, 60, 70, 80 bucks for a board game. But I tell you what, it is popular. And these places like Broken Century Games have really embraced renting games. And also they turn their shop into basically like a hangout. So these guys come and they play games down at the shop. So it gives these kids a hangout by kids. They even mean people in their 20s. A place to hang out. So uh, James May, owner of Broken Century Games, joins us in just a moment. Also, Arnold White with Dual Energy discusses... discusses (laughs) the niche industry of orphan wells. White also explains how the downturn opened up a new market for his business. Orphan wells are just like they sound, wells that were abandoned. So he's figured out a way to make money off that. Uh, Then we talk a little bit about technology as well and how that's changed in the world of oil and gas. So we've got a fantastic program on tap today. I'm very excited for it. Uh, James May, Broken Century Games, The Rise of Board Games. And then those wells that get left behind, the orphan wells. You know, somebody should probably figure out what to do with these orphan wind farms because um, they don't have a very good reclamation program in for that. Well, see, I said I wasn't going to get political, and look at me starting to get up on a soapbox here. Oh, jeez. i got to keep myself in check. Well, that's what we do here at the Multimedia Cafe. We like to have a little bit of fun. 
All right, James May, owner of Broken Century Games, coming up in just a moment. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Multimedia Cafe. Group at Belfield, North Dakota, is building the most technologically advanced oil refinery on the planet, the Davis Refinery, a project designed to achieve emission control levels the industry has never seen before. The Davis Refinery, working for North Dakota. Meridian Energy Group, Inc.com. Jason Spies, thank you folks for pulling up a stool. Join the conversation here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we're talking with James May, the owner of Broken Century Games. I'm James May. I own Broken Century Games here in Grand Forks, North Dakota. What kind of games are we talking about here? I think, of course, I think of card games, I think of board games, I think of video games. And that industry has gotten so specific now that each one can almost sustain themselves. So which of those three or outside of those three do you do? We do board games, card games, dice games. We do a lot of wargaming miniatures. So you are a hobby game. You buy the, buy the parts and pieces of your army, you put them together, you paint them, and then you hit the battlefield and play. It's in Warhammer? Yep. So we do Warhammer and Bolt Action, Age of Sigmar. We've got uh, Hobbit, Lord of the Rings, Guild Ball, Rune Wars, X-Wing, Armada, Legion... And probably half a dozen more, I can't remember. So we were talking a little bit earlier today um, about just your customer, and I kind of pontificated that it would be that uh, end of college age, first part of young adult age when you got extra money and no kids and this and that, and you were saying not, not so much. It's a different demographic. So talk to me about your main demographic, but then also you go outside of that. Yeah, our core demographic is 36 to 44, 45. Um, those, those, you know, adults with growing kids, you know, probably kids in the fourth to ninth grade, and they're just reliving those glory days of playing board games. But now the board games are so much better than what they were when I was a kid, you know, co-op games or versus games, and, and you really get to play those games with your kids, and that's... That's kind of the core of, of who we market to is is the parents with kids. Here's a way to reconnect with your kids and play in something where everybody's involved, no technology required, and, you know, access critical thinking and creativity. That's the part that's amazed me so much is that we've had such a surgence of iPad games and cell phone or smartphone games. But at the same time, the board game, the card game, the dice game market has grown astronomically too. What did, have you guys talked about that? About how odd that is that the digital gaming has grown so much, but yet the old analog gaming has grown too. 
Well, so in 2017, there were more games released in just a year than probably the preceding 15 years. Wow. Unique individual titles. So, so much stuff has come out. And a lot of it is, is that dichotomy of our current society of your cell phone is good for a five-minute interaction or, you know, here, let me play one more level on this or that. Um, but it's a, it's a very solo activity, even in... Uh, arena like this where it's it's this e-gaming come together everybody play there's not a lot of conversation there's not a lot of, of community and socializing that happens and so they separate that off with they then play board games and card games they go home and play cards against humanity and then just have a time together learning about themselves and other people so they both kind of grew together in mass leaps you mentioned Cards Against Humanity. I'm, I saw, I think, Catan or Catan. Uh, there's a lot of new titles that I've never heard of, I've never seen before. The old Monopoly and the old Life, do you guys even sell those anymore, or do they have to be co-branded with Star Wars and Pokemon in order to sell? Does anybody buy the old classics? People do buy the old classics, but you can pick those up at Target and Walmart, and a small mom-and-pop shop, even a mid-size, can't compete with their pricing structure. So we usually only carry the co-branded stuff like the Rick and Morty Monopoly and Clue, the Harry Potter Clue. Mr. James May, ask you to hold that thought for just a moment. We're going to take a quick break. We come back. We're going to continue the conversation with James May, the owner of Broken Century Games. My name is Jason Spies, and you're listening to the Multimedia Cafe. To where will you run? Cause I'll be by your side Whenever you fall in the dead of night Whenever you call and please don't fight These hands that are holding you And my hands are holding you Look at these hands In my side They swallow the grave that night when I drank the world's sin so I could carry you in and give you life Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts and then you let people make up their own minds. You want someone who's competent. You don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio. And if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we continue the conversation with James May, the owner of Broken Century Games. We usually only carry the co-branded stuff like the Rick and Morty Monopoly and Clue, the Harry Potter Clue, which, for the record, is the best Clue. Um, and those style of games, those... those uh, IP branded ones are the ones we usually sell, um, but people still look for them. We just usually push them to some of the better titles that help you branch into new, bigger games, you know, learn new mechanics. It seems a big part of the um, um, board game or the gaming shops 
is to have a place for people to hang out. Um, I'm thinking of Paradox Comics in Fargo, North Dakota. Um, even the Dragon's Horde across the street in Moorhead, when I was there one day, they even had a place for people to hang out. And and I didn't really see anybody buying anything. And so it made me wonder, like, this is interesting strategy, but I get it. You know, you get people there, they're used to it, they're familiar with it, and they might not buy everything, buy, buy anything every single time, but they do and this and that do you have that strategy or is it only just games and they got to go or how, how does that work in your strategy so we're devious and, and terrible business people we we do have a play space we expect people to come in and play we also rent the games so you can take them home and play them in your house oh. in your normal environment so if you play pantsless wine drinking monopoly friday nights i'm not judging but you can do you. We just you have to have pants, and you can't have wine in our store. But you can rent the game, take it home, play it. If you love it, sweet. You don't pay for the rental. You buy the game. Um, the last thing we want is for you to have another copy of a game that you pull out every six months, and you play it, and you're like, ah, this game sucks. And then you throw it back in your closet. Six months later, you're like, oh, we haven't played this in a while. And you hit it on the table, and you're like, ah, this sucks. We want that type of game that you pull out repetitively and, and your kids are driving you insane to play. So we really foster that whole just play. It doesn't, you don't have to spend a ton of money. Like, it, it, it'll get you in the end. But we also talk about the, you have, you have four kids, three kids, you know. It costs 10, 15 bucks a head to go to the movies. A $100 board game really isn't that bad. It's the cost of one movie once you get done by a popcorn and stuff. That's an interesting model, the renting of the board game, you know. I mean, um, nobody ever balked at the renting of a movie. Nobody ever balked at, you know, the renting of a, uh, actually, a Nintendo system for the weekend and those types of things. I've never heard of renting board games before, but when you said it, man, that made so much sense because you're right. I'll go buy it, and it'll sit in my, my closet, and we'll play it twice a year. We'll play it around Christmas time when everybody's around, maybe around Thanksgiving if we can catch everybody's attention, and maybe once during the summer during a four-day rain, rain rain event where we're running out of things to do because the video games are getting bored or whatever the case might be. Do you get a decent amount? Well, you must if you're doing it, but talk to me about that rental a little bit because I've never heard of that. Are other people doing that too? Or? There's a few game stores across the country that do it, and it gets more and more every year. Um, our rentals are games like a couple, and they want to play Ticket to Ride, and they know they have family coming in, so they rent Ticket to Ride, they play that instead of spending the money to buy it. Um, we also have a ton of people who just rent games to give them a try. Try it out in their own play space. Um, it works really, really well. Uh, I've got five kids, four at home now, one's grown and moved up, moved out, and uh, I'd have killed to have a place to rent a board game and just see how it fits with the family. Um, it really, the whole point is just get people to play. So... What are the hottest games right now? You mentioned Cards Against Humanity. I've heard of that one. <clears throat> C-A-T-A-N, that Catan or Catan. I've heard of that one. Um, I've actually played a few, but I can't remember what the names of them are. So just uh, maybe, you know, a, f a few of the titles that are popular last year and then this year. Well, so the really awesome big one right now is Stuffed Fables. It is a descent, or for those who've played really old games, Hero Quest. 
but it's designed for seven-ish year old and up. Um, it's got a very Toy Story style mechanic. You're playing through levels trying to beat the bad guy, but as soon as the little girl wakes up, oh, the level's over. Um, and it's it's a lot of fun. Self-contained, almost role-playing game in a box. Uh, Gloomhaven, I have to talk about. Like, huge, massive hit. Um, really expensive RPG in a box. You know, DMless RPG in a box. Um, plays really well. Is absolutely wonderful. It's insanely hard to get a hold of. Um, other huge ones, card game called Apocrypha. Your fragmented essence of a saint trying to save the world from the darkness as it's coming through. Um, spectacular playthrough. Uh, the guy who made it, he's got probably 10, 15 years designing it, so he's really even that out, made it, made it everything it should be. Uh, Mansions of Madness, amazing. You guys are 1920s to 1940s era investigators trying to prevent Cthulhu's cult from bringing Cthulhu back into the world. Um, that game's ran by an app, so you don't have quite as much learning curve on picking up the game. Um, you get to get to start playing pretty fast, and the game escalates to a challenging level and just kind of hangs out there for a time. Um, and then for card games, our two newest ones in that are really great are Light Seekers, which would be, I don't know... Pokemon and Magic had a love child. Oh, I'm so waiting for those two. So it's it's a very it's a very low-key, light, ruthless, ruthless game. Plays really fast, really quick. And then the other one is uh, Red Flags. Uh, imagine if Cards Against Humanity did a dating game. So you you put positive things about the person and then one horrible negative thing. Um, and then whoever's the single person for the round gets to pick which person they're going to go on a date with. So it's pretty hilarious. Good friend of mine, he likes to play Pandemic, and then I went out to a game shop to get him a gift, and there's like 10 different Pandemics to choose from. I, I didn't know what to do. Um, is that game still popular? Pandemic uh, Legacy Season 2 just came out, okay. uh, I think earlier, the, or Christmas time-ish, um, and it's won every award it's ever been put up for, including the Spiel Award, which is considered to be like, hey, here's the greatest games in the world right now. Um, yeah, Pandemic is still phenomenal, still doing really well. And that's a game where you're, uh, you have to just stop an outbreak, right? And if you're lucky, it's only one. Most of the time, it's like three to five, and you're like, ah! world is ending that's what my buddy says he goes he goes every time it gets me how fun it is and he goes what do you think you're gonna win nope you don't win and anyway he just he he says it's just one of those you gotta play so um what's the future of gaming look like uh i ask this because you're a brick and mortar shop amazon is taking over every brick and mortar shop possible but you've got the ability to do online sales so i don't know if you do online sales but you have the ability to the thing that I've liked about what the gaming community has done is probably the best strategy against an Amazon, which is the experiential place. The, the, you call it the, the pad or the play place or whatever it is. That, to me, I thought was one of the better, I guess, strategies against the online because the online cannot offer that. They cannot offer the brick and mortar. They cannot offer the experience of actually being there. And that still is a very big part of that. So the gaming, I think, has a real advantage over 
a lot of the brick and mortar shops. Have you thought about that as a business owner at all, how to kind of tackle that whole online brick and mortar, are we selling, are we not selling type of a thing? Well, so we took our approach a lot differently. Um, we're familiar with Amazon and how they function. Um, so we approached the games manufacturers and said, hey, did you know you can make Amazon control their pricing? So instead of offering Settlers of Catan for $12, you can make them sell it at manufacturer's suggested retail price. And that was James May, the owner of Broken Century Games. To listen to the full-length interview or listen to other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. The Multimedia Cafe is part of the Crude Life Media Network. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter. All of those social media links are available at thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Multimedia Cafe. Energy Group of Belfield, North Dakota, is building the most technologically advanced oil refinery on the planet, the Davis Refinery, a project designed to achieve emission control levels the industry has never seen before. The Davis Refinery, working for North Dakota. Meridian Energy Group, Inc.com. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts. And then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio. And if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Well, coming up next, we're talking with Arnold White with Dual Energy. All right. Thank you much for joining us. We've got Arnold White, Matt White, Nick Herman, Dual Energy on the line with us here today. We're going to talk a little bit about some uh, abandoned orphan wells. I'll tell you, I saw this come from a social media post. One of uh, Arnold White's dual energy social media posts had an article listed in Louisiana about some orphan wells, some uh, abandoned wells. I forget the the term kind of interchanges from state to state. depends on who you're talking to. Um, And it's a great conversation uh, to have in the industry. These these are problems that are uh, increasing due to the downturn. Some states uh, have good reclamation programs, some don't. So I uh, thought we'd start checking with uh, Mr. Arnold White to find out kind of what um, what motivated you to kind of prompt that a little bit, that uh, social media post. Have you got an interest in these abandoned wells, I guess? Well, we, what I have done is I have bought and uh, improved wells over the years. I, I, Would take a part of my fee for an interest in the 
about 30 odd years ago, I, I sold out and got out of the drilling industry and started strictly buying production. And I have done that over the years strictly by myself. I've done all my paperwork, all my field work. The only thing I hire is where you need uh, contract equipment, which you know, that has restricted what I've been able to do. There's only so many hours in the day and so many miles you can cover. So, uh, Matt, what, what, what was the date you came on board? Uh, I believe in August of 2014. So, uh, Matt came on and he relieved, started out by, he's got an MBA, so he started out relieving me with a lot of the paperwork and, and uh, administrative function. So I have increased my efforts to to acquire these uh, uh, not only orphan wells, just marginal producing wells. They're uh, a well that's quite profitable to me is not profitable to a uh, bigger company. Uh, they, number one, they're not set up to put hands-on, tender-loving care that a lot of these little wells need. Uh, so, Well, I tell you, I, I understand just, uh, I understand this completely. This is um, actually what my company did, was during the downturn, we saw all these abandoned and orphaned energy columns and energy features. All the newspapers and magazines and radio stations, they were laying off their energy reporters. And so we found a very good niche for our content to be distributed through there and, uh, you know, kind of reinvented the way that we did our entire business plan. It sounds like you did something very similar just in terms of the overall business model side of things. You saw a opportunity that a lot of people just couldn't figure out how to do anything with. It requires a lot of patience and hands-on Effort. Huh, you're not kidding. And nothing I'd rather do. I have no. I have really no hobbies uh, other than trying to take an old well and maybe give up a little oil or gas. You know, the other thing too. I, I bet you have to grow at a very systematic pace. You can't grow too fast, and you can't grow too slow. And the thing we loved uh, was the downturn. We were able to make acquisitions that we couldn't even get people to talk to us about, you know, at $100 oil. Well, talk to me a little bit about that downturn because, you know, some people were able to make hay a little bit during the downturn. So um, what, what were some of the things that you saw that worked for you in terms of either uh, – trends within these wells or you know whether it was you know adding your son on that opened up time for you to go out and be in the field more just t talk to me a little bit about that downturn and how that expanded your business what it did was uh just make more opportunities available where people would just basically walk away and or practically give away smaller wells. We bought a, a batch of 23 wells with those shallow gas wells uh, that there were wells that needed plugging and there were wells that needed uh, attention. We've, uh, we've, we bought them, basically have 
almost doubled our production from where we bought them and still have six or seven of the wells to work on. Oh. So, <laughs> just a kind, of a, kind of an example, we, uh, I bought some little wells south of Bossier City, Louisiana, and they were right in the middle of a uh, producing deep, yeah, the deep horizontal wells, uh, uh, companies such as uh, BHP and, and the bigger companies. Uh, one, I took my wife out to uh, to show her where the wells were on the first trip. We're driving down the road, and she her eyes lit up when she looked on the left side of the road where. Uh, BHP was, and I kind of felt bad, but I had to tell her, honey, we're on this other side over here. The little one's over here. That's us. So, <laughs> it, you know, it's just, uh, it, it's just uh, a niche that uh, what you find in our, a lot in our niche are people that don't have the hands-on field experience, but they don't have the ability to raise funds and or do the administrative or paperwork. So let me ask you this. And, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I thought you were finished there. Go ahead. No, no, no. I'm, that's fine. Oh, I, I was just going to ask you about your customer. Um, it would seem to me that, you know, possibly some oil and gas companies would be your customer. But I would imagine I was reading some other stories from Wyoming and um, uh, North Dakota with the Bakken and some of the other abandoned well stories. And a lot of companies went out of business during the downturn, and so these wells just sit there, and nobody really owns them. I guess they kind of default back to the state. So do you deal with the state? Are they oil companies? Just kind of talk to me about your customer. I, I have dealt mainly with, with other oil and gas operators, strictly through contacts. Uh, you know, people, uh, service companies, uh Rental companies such as that will, some of their customers will say, look, I'm done with this well. We're going to, you know, pull your equipment off of it. Well, I've gotten a, a call and said, why don't you call them and, uh, they may, they'll make a heck of a deal on the well. So that's where I have gotten just from, uh, industry contacts is where I have not approached the state, uh, Mainly because they were, they were, you, you could acquire more than you could see after, uh, the way I was set up up until Matt came on board. And how'd that transition go when when you brought on some more people? Um, talk to me about that growth. Were you able to uh, accelerate at a pace where you thought you would be able to manage, or did it take off more because of the oil prices coming back a little bit? Because like I said earlier, I think a lot of the strategy behind your niche business is just timing on your own inner in inner office growth and um timing that's what that did exactly we mr arnold white i'm going to ask you to hold that thought for just a moment we're going to take a quick pause we come back we continue the conversation with arnold white with dual energy my name is jason spies and you're listening to the multimedia cafe
Group of Belfield, North Dakota, is building the most technologically advanced oil refinery on the planet, the Davis Refinery, a project designed to achieve emission control levels the industry has never seen before. The Davis Refinery, working for North Dakota. Meridian Energy Group, Inc.com. Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spees. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation here at the Multimedia Cafe. A place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we continue our conversation with Arnold White with Dual Energy. That's that's it exactly. We uh, and and with the opportunities out there, we have is where we are. See, we're we're very early in our expansion period. Uh, We we acquired two batches of wells. Uh, 23 and 26, and we're still we're still reworking a lot of those. Uh, we've had a lot of success, and our, our uh, we we plugged or sold or gotten rid of the wells that we had no interest in in that batch, and we're we're working forward with uh, the ones we uh, found interesting. So what we did, on a plus to this, when you acquire a well, uh, you you get the uh, the logs, the records. So we we take the logs to a retired slumberjay log analysis, and he uh, evaluates and tells us what or if there's any uphold potential, and and he has found some very interesting. For us. Uh, there, you know, there's, there's nothing magic about what we do. It's just hard work and, and paying attention. So you guys are based in Louisiana, correct? Pardon me? Are you based out of Louisiana? Yes. Uh, which uh, part of Louisiana? Uh, I understand. We, we work, you know, we work in East Texas right now and North Louisiana. Okay, uh, I, that's what I was going to ask you. Where, where are you located in? I hear there's a lot of uh, infrastructure construction happening in the Lake Charles area, and then uh, what other shale plays do you guys uh, venture out to? No, we don't do, we have not done any. We do, we're in the old East Texas area, and the North Louisiana, we're, we're not, we haven't done anything in any of the shale plays. Uh, we're, you know, we've got so many, there's so many productive strata. You, you know, you started a thousand feet and you can find commercial gas wells or oil wells in in Louisiana, and from there, from there down to twenty thousand feet. No kidding. So, well, even you know, 30, 30,000. So you know, we're we we the batch one batch of wells we bought. There are they're only twenty four hundred feet deep, but we have found in those wells there's a thousand foot uh, gas interval. That we need to develop, you know, you can drill a thousand foot gas well for 
problem being uh, the infrastructure, the pipeline, the compression situation such as that. Well, these are right in the middle of our existing wells. So you just drill a well, lay a line, and you're, you know, you're selling gas. So, uh, you know, our area is just rich with opportunities. Uh, uh, you know, people have left a lot of our area. They've either gone down to the deep shale plays or or gone away, gone to West Texas, various hot areas, and uh, there's less interest in our area and in the stuff and less time. Well, any final thoughts you might have towards um, either Orphan Wells or the state of oil, I guess? I like to give guests kind of the final thought. That way the question or phrase isn't narrated by me. So, um, Mr. Arnold White, go ahead. The uh, floor is yours. See, there are one thing. What we would like to do is, uh, since we're developing and uh, building our uh, structure where we can handle the administrative and the uh, capital acquisition, uh, we, through contacts that we have, we would like to uh, joint venture and or help. So there, there are a lot of guys out there that can uh, handle the field work. They just can't handle the, the capital raising and or the administrative function. Uh, we, you know, we would like to be in a position to uh, take advantage of their expertise and their field abilities and uh, help grow both their situation and ours. Uh, we have, uh, the industry's really been helped with the uh, communication. So, you know, we now have automated uh the meter metering of the uh both oil and gas production at the well whereby you know we can we can uh access that through the phone systems and the computer systems with you know we get we can know twenty four hours a day whether a well is producing and what it's producing uh so it it gives you a real a much uh, better uh, opportunity to keep hands on your production without having to be right on location. Sure, you guys have gotten into like some real-time monitoring and uh, sensors and that sort of thing. Is that is that relatively oh, recent? Oh, that yeah, in it? Yeah. is that recent or how long ago did you integrate that into your business? Oh, we just we've done it recently. We've been I'm I'm old school. I'm I've been around a long time and I like uh, all the old old school stuff. Matt likes the new technology. So, uh, he's, a, he's educating me and we're, uh, you know, we, you can, you have, they have sticks that, uh, gauge your daily oil and they'll get, tell you how much oil you made and how much water you made, you know, you, and send it to the computer. You know, I'm, I'm used to climbing the stairs and dropping a gauge line in and color cutting it. So, uh, it just, it's, it's, it's been a real, real eye-opener for me. Yeah, a lot of those guys checking the gauges like that, that's gone the way of the TV repairman. That's just not a thing too much anymore. That's right. That's right. You, uh, 
You checked your well on the computer and said on the ladder. Isn't that something else? Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, three, four yeah. years ago, I was doing a lot of stories asking gentlemen like yourself about whether you're resisting technology or embracing it, and because that was that was a lot of technology really fast that came into in, in industry and an industry that a good portion of them are retiring, and so they're kind of thinking, well, why do I want to learn this now? But I'll tell you what. A lot of the older veterans really did embrace this new technology when they really didn't have to. Did, did, did any comments on that? Oh yes, I resisted it as, as long as I could, but it's just it's just so uh, so helpful and so uh, so good. Uh, even as hard headed as I am, I couldn't resist it anymore. It's it's been a real real help to our business, and and we're very very new in it. We're just starting to do it, and. And that was Arnold White with Dual Energy. To listen to the full-length interview or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. The Crude Life Media Network is where the multimedia cafe broadcasts itself through. So we use thecrudelife.com to put all of our interviews, our social media network, all of our fun stuff affiliated with the show Go to thecrudelife.com. Our social media audience is well over 350,000 now with all the network we have built up. Go to thecrudelife.com and check out the social media tab. Once again, I'd like to thank James May, the owner of Broken Century Games, and Arnold White with Dual Energy for coming on today's program. That's going to do it for today. I'd like to thank everybody tuning in over the radio and listening to our program. There's a lot of places where you can get content today, so thank you very much for tuning in to the radio station or maybe you're tuning in online but first if it's over the radio we'll be back tomorrow this time on this radio station and if you're tuning in over the internet streaming or maybe you're downloading one of our podcasts via itunes and other podcast platform thank you very much because like i mentioned a million times there's a million different ways to get content in today's world and we appreciate it very much for you folks checking us out here at the multimedia cafe from the staff at the Multimedia Cafe, my name is Jason Spies, asking you to savor life and enjoy the spice. Singing for the glory of the risen King. Jesus, shine your light and let the whole world sing. Singing for the glory of the risen King. My God is mighty to save, He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation, He rose and conquered the grave, Jesus conquered the grave. Shine your light and let the whole world see, singing for the glory of the risen King. Jesus, shine your light and let the whole world see. Singing for the glory of the risen King.